Greetings and welcome to I Talk to Ghosts. I'm your seance hosting medium, Jennifer, and I am so glad that you found your way here to this podcast. Continuing with last episode's theme of ghostly nighttime happenings, I have a few stories to share with you tonight of chilling bedside encounters, including one of my own experiences that really left me wondering if I should consider the use of a nightlight. <laughs> Super spooky. But I'm also going to get a little spiritual with you here on this episode. What led me on the path to mediumship? How did I get here? <laughs> Questions will be answered tonight. But first, gather a little closer for a story that will make you double and triple check your bedroom door at night. Enjoy. Three years ago, I took a job offer and moved to London. I was sharing a two-story house with two couples and another girl. My room was the first one at the top of the stairs. One morning, I woke up at 5 a.m., it was the weekend and I remember thinking, ah, I don't have to get up yet. I know I was awake, no matter how much I try and convince myself otherwise now. I had a lock inside my room, which I always used. The area I moved to was a little run down, so I felt safer locking my bedroom door at night. So anyway, I woke up at 5 a.m. and I had my back to the bedroom door. I heard someone running up the stairs at full speed. And then I felt someone lean over me. It was like someone was leaning on me with all their weight, trying to get a peek at my face. I was terrified. I thought I had locked my bedroom door. And then I felt someone slowly pull the pillow from beneath me. Terrified, I turned around expecting to see someone. To my surprise, there was no one there. I got up to double-check my door, and it was locked. I asked my flatmates if anyone was awake at that time or if they had heard anything. They all said no. It took me a while to move on from that experience. Book a medium reading with me if you have a past loved one you would like to connect with. A spirit reading can be an amazing and never spooky experience. Every medium is different, but I strive to give you specific details that align only to you and your loved ones. Curious? Visit italktoghost.com for links to book with me. I can't wait to meet you. Welcome back to I Talk to Ghosts. I promised you a personal 
scary bedtime story from me tonight. And here it is. A few years ago, when I started exploring energy work and third eye work, um, it really started to stir up the ghostly encounters. And that was not something I necessarily expected. And I will get into that a little bit more later. I'll start from the beginning. But I wanted to share this story with you first, since I promised it. This one was rather creepy and not something I'll easily forget. A few years back, I was awakened at an early morning hour when there was light in the sky. It was no longer dark, but the sun was not fully up yet. Someone had come into the bedroom and approached my side of the bed. I was very groggy and not quite awake, and I assumed it was my partner Maxwell coming to say goodbye before he left the house. So in my sleepy state, that really wasn't something that alarmed me to fully wake up from. Now, when this figure reached the side of the bed, it started patting the bed next to me with both hands. Then it started patting down the length of the bed along my side and continued around the foot of the bed. And I opened my eyes while it was at my feet because what the heck was going on? And in the dim light, I could see that there was an outline of someone there and then it traveled up the other side to the head of the bed like it was walking up the bed with its hands. I still wasn't able to completely focus on the figure. It was as if I was maybe kept in a foggy state. And then this person climbed up on the side of the bed and leaned close to me as if it was going to kiss me. And then I fell asleep. I know, I know. How could I have possibly fallen back asleep during this? <laughs> Hear me out. I've read a lot of ghost stories, and I've had people share their encounters with me as well, and I've had other experiences in which this has happened. There really is the possibility when you are in that liminal space between asleep and awake, it's easy to influence you back into a sleep state. Yes, we could have the discussion that the whole experience itself was a dream, but I don't dream in my actual bedroom setting. I don't experience a string of logical thought in my dreams such as, oh, someone came into the room. Oh, it must be Maxwell. What the heck is going on? Oh, is he going to kiss me goodbye? All again... In the setting of my actual bedroom with realistic lighting where I can feel the bed, feel my state of consciousness, and see and feel the movement around me. 
And of course, when I did get up that morning, I asked Maxwell if he did come in and say goodbye to me. And he said he did not, that he had chosen to let me sleep. Now, this spooky encounter happened during a time when I had a lot of spiritual events going on and the ghosts really came in with them to really go back farther than that to the beginning. I grew up with an affinity for connecting with nature, herbology, life energy. I loved the dreaminess and magic of the world and easily identified myself as a green witch, a nature witch. I still do. I added a large focus of divination work to this and had had a few experiences as a healer. And then one year, I was in a car accident. Someone rear-ended me and then the car behind them hit them, causing the original car to rear-end me again. I was left with a lot of neck and back pain. I remember lying on my couch in so much pain. Aspirin didn't work. Ibuprofen wasn't helping. Icing was temporary and I was desperate to get away from this pain. And at that point, I remembered some healing exercises that I had tried on someone else in the past and I remembered it working. So I looked up some YouTube videos on energy healing and how to do it. And then I spent some time just putting my hands on my neck and sending the muscles love and healing. And I focused on how my hands felt on my neck. And the next day, the pain was gone. Now, my back still hurt, but I joked that I couldn't reach my back. But the successful results dove me into learning the Japanese practice of Reiki, energy healing. I was attuned for level one and level two, and with level two Reiki, you learn remote energy healing, and you're encouraged to practice with others. So from there, I started offering energy sessions to friends who wanted to try it. And one of the aspects of Reiki that I really appreciate is that you can combine it with any other meditative or spiritual practice. Say you wanted to pray during a session, everything is welcomed. Personally, with my background, I like to cast an energy circle and call the elements of earth, air, fire, and water to aid in my healing practice. On one particular day, I was working with my friend Stephen for a remote session. He was in the Midwest and I was on the West Coast. I was grounding and centering myself for the session in my usual not standard practice way of calling each of the elements to aid in Stephen's healing. And here's where something weird happened. I couldn't remember Stephen's name. I started calling him Richard. Richard, Richard, Richard. 
I had to struggle to use the name Stephen, and I even paused to write it down to have a visual reminder. Whoever Richard was, he was announcing himself loud and clear. And after the session, I asked Stephen who Richard was, and I explained to him the challenge that I had had in the beginning of his session. And he said he knew exactly who Richard was. Richard was a good friend of his who had passed away a few years back and that he wasn't surprised at all that his friend would have shown up to offer support during this session. And that is when things started to click for me. I was having spirits visit me outside of the sessions. I was seeing sparks of light floating around me. I was seeing and hearing things. Why wouldn't spirits also show up during energy work? I was creating a welcoming space and flinging my energy out there like a beacon. I was practicing and learning and figuring out the rules of things. Since I've encountered spirits my whole life, it made sense that they would show up while practicing energy work. In the future, I'll share much more in-depth stories of interacting with these spirits, but I wanted to tell you about Richard because he showed up first to be there for his friend when he needed some healing vibes and compassion and I love the idea that as we reach and stretch to expand our experience in the world, we encounter even more than what we expected. What's the limit? Where's the limit? I'm sure <laughs> we will never know. And here's a side note, dear listener. I am aware I'm picking stories in and out of my timeline depending on the topic for each episode. That creepy ghostly kiss, that happened while I was just starting energy work, which also led me to explore other things like psychic work and third eye meditations and even astral projection. That's a lot, right? <laughs> so before I leave you tonight, I want to share with you a few herbs and crystals that offer protection against unwanted ghosts. Now, even if you don't believe in vibrational energy or whatnot, hey, sometimes it's good to have a physical focal point and a visual reminder of your intentions. So first off, we have obsidian. It's a lovely black stone, one of my favorites, and it has strong psychic protection properties. It helps shield you against negativity. Next up is black tourmaline, another one of my favorites. Place this in your home for protection. Sleep with it nearby. It's known for its strong protective properties and it absorbs negative energy and transforms it into positive energy. Another lovely black stone is Jet. It is a powerful protector and it has great grounding influences. Pretty handy when you feel spooked in the middle of the night. Some herbs that you can consider are St. John's Wort. It's known to ward off evil. Nettles, 
burning nettles wards off evil spirits. And then there is the herb thyme. Stuffing a pillow with thyme can prevent nightmares, <laughs> but be careful because thyme is also used to contact the dead. So set your intentions properly. <laughs> I have lists of others. I really love this subject of working with crystals and herbs. It's something that I have done for years. If you happen to have liked this little segment, let me know and I can talk more about this topic. Well, dear listener, we've reached the end. <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed your time here with me. Please follow and sub so you don't wander too far away from me. But wherever your journey takes you, come back and visit me. <laughs> Have a lovely evening and good night.